What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, October 15th, 2015, and you guys are listening to episode 229. Hope everybody is good. Hope everybody had a good uh, break in between shows and um, is uh, doing well watching these insane playoff games. Talk about not liking baseball. And then all of a sudden seeing some of these playoff games and pitching performances, and it's pretty exciting. That's why I tweeted out, baseball should be 25 games for the regular season and then right to the playoffs. Um, And we're going to get into that. We're going to do a bunch of stuff on sports and uh, some stuff with... uh, I actually did see a movie, took my kids to see a movie. Uh, Got an unacceptable, which is unacceptable. Want to talk about some, some things... Uh, regarding um, arguing with strangers and social media stuff. A lot of stuff to talk about. Of course, getting to your guys' unacceptables. But first, before we get into episode 229 here, got to shout out the sponsors. The Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by gonzofame.com. It is the best website for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians who are either on their way up or already established Great job with the interviews by up-and-coming comedian uh, Dave Gavry out there in Chicago, where I'm flying to tomorrow. That's right, flying out there, but um, check out Gonzo Fame. He's always adding new people on, and uh, you can learn something interesting about a comedian that you know, or learn a whole lot about you know a comedian you never heard of before, and then when that comedian comes into your town, you know about him. That's what Gonzo Fame does, so go to gonzofame.com. Also, Brookings Mediation. And brookingsmediation.com and John Burton. They are a mediation company. Um, and they basically uh, will help you settle out with the settled debts, divorce, bankruptcy without going through, uh, you know, going through the whole court system and paying lawyers a ton of fees where laws are already put in place. People don't realize that they could do this without that. They get afraid. They spend way too much money. It takes way too long. Mediation company will just, uh, you know, help be a mutual party for, for both people, and uh, really help get things done quicker, easier, civil, it's just better. So um, you could call John Burton at Brookings Mediation wherever you are in the country at uh, 877-415-7770, and he will give you a free consultation on anything that you were going through on that phone call. Also, if you say that Paul Verzi and the Verzi Effect sent you to Brookings Mediation, you will get 30% off of services, which is incredible and unheard of. And we all know people that have some sort of issue, you know. Everybody's got a friend that goes to a bar, drinks, goes outside, smokes a cigarette every five minutes, cursing some woman in his life that he wants to get divorced, or vice versa, a woman doing it, pissed off at a guy, doesn't know how to do it, you know, um... Can't afford legal fees. The court thing is going to take forever. People don't understand that this is an option. Uh, Mediation is an option. So they're not going to give you legal advice. They're just going to help you. So call. Again, John Burton, Brookings Mediation, 877-415-7770 for debt, uh, bankruptcy, divorce, anything that you don't even know if you could afford a lawyer. You don't know if they could. Just give them a call and uh, tell them that the Verzi Effect sent you. All right, guys. So here we go. Let's uh, let's get into uh, let's get into some of the things with the show. Um, it's going to be a little reverse order today with the show. I'm going to talk about some things that 
got uh, going on with uh, me online. I had some battles with some people, and I realized that I just can't do it anymore. Um, by the way, I know this is going to sound like completely off the off track here. Talk about just flying off the handle and, and having your mind go somewhere. Um, I had a banana before, and I dipped the banana in dry raisin bran. All right, it was like the raisin bran with like the little cl- clusters in it, the crunchy clusters in the raisin bran and raisins, and you just dip it in just the hard, dry fucking cereal, and the flakes of the cereal stick onto the banana, and you bite it, and it was fucking amazing. You're welcome. Uh, oh, also, I gotta talk about uh, I gotta talk about food. I gotta talk about food. So I already did that one. Um, I might as well talk about the, the food thing today. So, um, I mean right now. So yeah, the banana thing. So d- do yourself a favor. You're welcome. You could thank me later. Get the rice, cr- I mean, uh, not a rice, cr- the raisin bran. Raisin bran with the little clusters in there, you know, lightly sugared, but not a lot, just lightly to give the raisin bran and the raisins a little bit of a, you know, taste better. You take the banana, which has natural sugar in it, you dip the damn thing in the cereal, and you bite it, and together it was magic. Speaking of magic, I have to shout out my friend, Alexis Guerreros, uh, funny up-and-coming comic, comic in New York, good guy, funny guy, dude's Cuban, smoked a cigar with him, Uh, we did that Aflac Aflac corporate gig last week. Uh, but anyway, we were talking and he was talking to me about making steaks. Now I was misinformed. I was uneducated on steaks before very recently. And when I say I was uneducated on steaks, I mean, I was the type of guy where I was like, look, in order to get a good steak, okay, you have to just go to a really good expensive restaurant steakhouse you have them make it exactly how you want it, and you get the sides you want, and that's the way to do it. And you spend a ton of money, and you get a good steak. And I would always say it is pointless to go to the supermarket or a butcher shop and get yourself steak and um, try to make it yourself or duplicate what these you know, specialty steakhouses do, and they have the recipes. Why do it? Just spend the money, sit down, and be served your steak. How wrong was I? Oh my God, how wrong was I? Let me tell you something. You owe it to yourself. Listen to me right now. If you people like steak, and I know most people do, okay? If you're a vegetarian, you could skip this part. If you're a vegan, you could skip this part. And, you know, I feel sorry for you because what I learned this week would make a fucking vegan or a, or a fucking <laughs> vegetarian jump on a fucking ox's back and slit its throat with its fucking fingernails. How good this shit was. Um, <laughs> all right. So I was talking to Alexis and he's like, yeah, man, this is how you do, you know, you get a steak and you kind of season it the way that you want to season it. But cooking it is a totally different thing. So many people take a steak and they throw it on the grill. Other people like it in the pan. You know, I learned that uh, with the steak, and I don't have a family recipe, so I'm not giving anything away here. 
And I know I didn't give away the recipe with the, um, I know I didn't give a, re- you know, the recipe with, uh, the, the, uh, white sauce that we had on the, on the burger or the burger recipe that I had, which changed the game with burgers. It changes the game. But this one, I can tell you, I can, I can tell you, uh, I'm not going to give the full ingredients cause you season it. There's no full, uh, I mean, recipe for this, but this is just how you cook it. Okay. And it changed the game. So get ready for this. Do yourself a favor. Go to the store. Pick up a steak. And you thank me on the next podcast. The way I thanked Alexis Guerreros. So, and, and make sure you get the steak that you like. Like I, it was funny. I was, we were talking about it in a diner. And he was telling me about T-bones. And we were talking about porterhouses and New York strips and sirloins. So, I go to the butcher section of the supermarket and I, um, I look, I'm looking at, I'm looking around and I'm like, man, here's a nice, you know, I asked the guy, he gave me two nice, uh, T-bone steaks, but I looked over and I saw these big, thick sirloin steaks that just looked like, they looked like amazing cuts and soft and all that. And, uh, you know, so I was like, I think I like these. So I called Alexis and I'm like, dude, what should I get? Should I get the T-bone or should I get the, um, should I get the T-bone or should I get the, you know, the, the, the sirloins or there's also a porterhouse. And he said the funniest fucking thing to me. He goes, can you take a picture of them? So that's how fucking into food we are. Okay. He's Cuban. He's a hundred percent Cuban and just so into food. He knows everything about pizza. He knows everything about food. It's hilarious. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll take a picture. So yeah, I'm, I'm literally taking frozen, st- I mean steaks, not frozen, but I'm taking these steaks and I'm putting them down. I'm like laying four steaks down and I'm in the supermarket and people are watching me and I'm, I got bring out my phone and I'm trying to get all the steaks in the picture to send them. Then I try sending them the fucking steaks and there's not a good enough reception in the supermarket. So I can't get it. So I'm calling them up like, dude, I can't get it. I'm just going to go with the sirloins. So I ended up getting the sirloins, but get whatever you want. Make sure the steak is room temperature. Season the steak how you want to season it. But here's the key, okay? I learned this. A lot of people don't know this. Some people do. I didn't until recently. What you do is you take the steak and you just get a pan that's already been getting heated up. And you get the oven on too. You go a minute and a half on each side of the steak in the pan to sear it which keeps in the flavors, and then you throw it in the oven for a couple of minutes, which will slowly cook the inside to the however you want it. And I like mine pretty much rare, medium rare. Oh, my God. My wife was saying, can you please stop doing that? I was making noises like you would have thought, I swear to God, I'm in my kitchen, I'm biting the steak, and I'm going, oh, my God. Oh, this is amazing. You got. And she goes, can you stop that? Some seasoning, got it nice and cooked perfectly. Oh my God, perfect. Do yourself a favor. Get yourself a nice cut of beef from the fucking butcher shop. Forget the restaurants. You can cook a better steak at your house. I'm telling you, you really can. I went to some famous steakhouses. Some were good. Best steak I ever had in my entire life, though, was when the four horsemen, me, Lawhead, Bartnick, and Burr, were at the steakhouse at the Mirage in Las Vegas. Never forget that in my whole life. It was the best steak I ever had in my whole life. But 
I'm learning that, you know, you could get it really close. And when I say like my whole life, I mean like you bit a piece of meat that changes your life. You bite a piece of meat that like it's it's so crazy that it's it's life altering. You remember to bite. Like there are burgers I've had that I remember the second and third bites. Right now, years ago, I had the burger. And I remember the second and third bites and how it tasted with the bread and everything. Getting hungry. Getting hungry. So get yourself a steak. I got to stop eating steak. I've been eating, eating too much steak. I might have some steaks out there in Chicago. I'm going to Chicago tomorrow. All right, everybody. Here's something that I wanted to talk about. I am done. I am retiring and I am throwing in the towel with getting any kind of sports argument or sports statement out there on Twitter, Facebook, any social media. I'm not doing it anymore because passionate other people who have the opposite opinion don't know how to talk or don't know how to take it. And, uh, you know, I just was like, uh, you know, I I can't do this. People are making it political. People are making it political. People are making it personal. People insulted me. People were going at like me and my friends. People attacked my friendship with Bill Burr. So I'll tell you what happened. It was just so ridiculous. I want to set the record straight with everybody listening to this so they know. And maybe I could prevent this from you. This isn't my unacceptable. I have another unacceptable today. But this is this is what happened. And it's just really, it was really sad and ridiculous, man. Like, maybe I went a little hard. Maybe I went a little hard. I'll actually read you. I will read you. That's what we'll do. Let's do that. I'm going to read you guys the shit that I said on... Oh, no, actually, no, I, I deleted one of them. I deleted one of them, okay? So, actually, I can't do it. So, I'll just basically tell you. So, what I did was I put something on Facebook which stated that, um, you know, Eli Manning is one of the most disrespected players and champions ever. Um, talked about how New York fans never really embraced or liked Patrick Ewing, which is the craziest thing to say because he carried the Knicks on his fucking back. Even though he didn't win, he... It was the only thing we had, and it was amazing. I mean, we had Starks and Oakley. I don't want to disrespect some of the guys that he had with him, but I mean, other than, I mean, Pat was Pat. And, you know, with this Eli Manning thing, it was just like I, I got so sick and tired of people saying things. The guys, you know, another fourth-quarter drive. He's tied for fourth with Joe Montana for fourth-quarter drives. You know, uh, he just – he's just uh, – you know, really good, solid guy. So I kind of went hard at that. Then what I did was I said, and another thing, and this was in another post right after it, and I said, you crybaby fucking Met fans with this Chase Utley slide, all right? I talked to a lot of people, unbiased people. I talked to people who said the slide wasn't even illegal. But let's just say the slide is illegal, okay? Let's just say that. You want to get mad at the umps for not calling him out. You want to get mad at the umps for all that stuff, fine. The guy's intentions, and my point of the post was, the guy's intentions were not trying to break his leg. He wasn't trying to, he wasn't sliding in the first second going, I'm going to break the guy's leg. He was sliding in hard, all right, to say, look, I'm breaking up this double play because we're in the playoffs and I need to do everything that I can. And if you watch the play, Chase Utley 
actually, even though he didn't break anything, it looked like he got the worst of it at first because his head banged, his body banged. It was like this guy, that's what everybody failed to see in that slide. I'm just talking about a, a sporting thing that I saw. You know, I'm a Yankee fan. Met fans do drive me nuts. So there is a little bias there. I don't dislike the Mets, the actual Mets themselves. My grandfather, when the Yankees weren't on, my grandfather, both my grandfathers, rest their souls, were Yankee fans. Diehard Yankee fans. Big time. But one of my my grandfathers, my my grandfather, Verzi, my, my um, dad's dad, when um, the Yankees weren't on, on the radio or TV or the radio, and if the Met game was on, he would watch the Mets and just watch baseball and root for the Mets. And that was that's cool. And, you know, the first time I ever, I think I said this before on the podcast, the first time I knew ever knew what baseball was, the Mets won the 86 World Series, so I thought that was the only team. I'll be a fan of them. I cheered for them. And then my family was like, I think I was like, whatever, six, eight years old. And my family was like, no, we're taking you to your first baseball game, and we're going to go see the Yankees. And I was like, the Yankees, all right, well, what's, what's this? And I go in there, and I saw the pinstripes and Don Mattingly, and I was done. And that's another reason why I kind of like the Dodgers, because Don Mattingly, you know, never won anything. He was a great Yankee, and I kind of like them. But the Met fans, their hatred towards the Yankees just made me kind of say whatever. So I said in this post about Chase Utley, and I just said, how come nobody's talking about what that guy did to his body to sacrifice his body to get out there? Somebody else said to me, yeah, and if the guy never got injured or a broken leg, you wouldn't hear about it anymore. It would have been a controversial call. The guy would have been, you know, safe or whatever, and that would have been it. But the fact that the guy got knocked out of the season, this guy's getting death threats and everything like that. So long story short, I'm just saying that Met fans need to relax. You got great pitching. You could, I know you lost your shortstop. And some people had good arguments back. Some people said, uh, well, Paul, if that happened to you, you'd be livid. You'd be outraged if it happened to your team. You know, it was a really kind of, you know, out of the line slide and this and that. And, you know, and I could get, I could, I could at least, whether I agree or not, I could have that argument. I could have fun. I could have fun, you know. But it wasn't fun because what happened, everybody, was this. What happened was people were going at me, and they were saying things like, um, "Wow, really off base and just sad." really set one guy was like said something like this is like a Fox News post and was talking about like it was politics said oh yeah that's the rape mentality said to somebody else so what happened was everybody not to me but all of a sudden there were people backing me up on the post and then there were uh you know people backing me up and then there were people backing up the the Mets and, and that argument and then these two guys get involved in this thing and I'm going, where did I start? And one guy's like, no, man, come on. The the shortstop was in a position or something like that. And the guy's like, man, that's rape mentality. She was asking for it. And then the other guy goes, dude, don't give me your liberal shit. That's bullshit. And he was actually right saying that, you know, because it's so ridiculous. We're talking about sports here. Now you're getting political. Then somebody said something along the lines of like, you're fucking retarded and you're so opposite of Bill Burr's thing or you're Bill Burr's friend or sidekick. Somebody said something where it was just like so ridiculous. Like, yeah, you're like, it, he was trying to say something along the lines that like Bill Burr has his sports opinion and I have mine. And first of all, why are you bringing my friend into it? See, that's what I don't like. And I, I want to just set the record straight with this right now, okay? Because... There, there's something that needs to be known and uh, it doesn't bother me because me being 
friends with somebody, whether high profile or not. You know, I'm trying to build my name name up and do the best that I could do with my career and my name and, and just trying to do the art that I love and whatever happens, whatever's a byproduct of that is fine. I can't help if a big time comedian or one of the best comedians in the world or, somebody, or, or anybody for that matter, a celebrity, high profile person likes me, likes what I do and I'm friends with them. And just because you have access to me on Facebook or fucking Twitter to go at me like that and bring my friend into it. And it was like something along the lines. This one guy was like, yeah, you're, you're retarded. Bill Burr's sidekick and your sports arguments are so off base and whatever. And I just had to go, dude, dude, listen, first of all, saying retard and then they changed retard to moron. That's what they did. I saw it during the post that they took out moron and took out retarded and put in moron. And, they were, and I was like, yeah, I saw you change your words. Nice way to change it. He was like, oh, I'm just trying to be political correct. Whatever. That's fine. And, and I don't even care, dude. If you want to argue with me, that's fine. But it's like you're, going, you're, you're talking, you're going at me, and, and you're basically bringing up a friendship that's irrelevant. Like that you already lost. My friendship with, with Bill Burr or any comedian that, that might be more well-known right now is irrelevant to what I said. So bringing my friend into it makes no sense. Using words like moron and retarded and people said, oh, that's just sad. That's painful. It's like, and and it's not all one person. This was like a handful of people. It's like, what are you doing? You want to argue with me, man? You want to talk? You want to say, hey, I disagree, dude. That slide was illegal. Like I could get with that. You know, there were probably some Yankee fans that disagree with me and that's fine. We're sitting here talking sports, man. It's fun. It's fun to shit talk sports before a big game. You know, we'll do that. But you want to go at me and 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 start fucking insulting me. And, you know, and the dude did apologize. So I want to say that. And that was really cool. So I don't know if the dude's listening to this. The dude apologized. And, um, you know... I, and I, I, you know, I appreciate that. I'm not trying to fuck. I'm not, I'm not mentioning any names. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm not trying to fucking, you know, go at anybody's career or say, fuck this person. If there were comedians on there or if, uh, even, even friends, I'm not trying to do that. I didn't even want. So what I eventually did was I actually had to take the post down because I started seeing other people fighting and I started seeing this one person said, it's really set jealous and sad to see yeah it's really sad to see how jealous Yankee fans are getting and I want to be like dude I'm not trying to be a dick right now I'm really really not and I'm 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 telling you it's from the bottom of my heart right now no Yankee fan is really jealous I don't give a fuck if the Mets won the next 2 3 World Series we don't give a fuck okay it's the New York Yankees understand that you will always be a second rate team in this town Nobody's ever said the Yankees are the other team. The Mets are the other team. Let's let's really be clear with that. I'm not trying to sound like an arrogant dickhead. And I know some of you people who don't like the Yankees probably don't want to listen to this. I'm just t- let's just be real. If we're gonna be real, like my friend Giannis says, if we're gonna talk like adults, <laughs> let's talk like adults. Okay. When you talk baseball, okay. The New York Yankees are a staple in baseball. The St. Louis Cardinals are a staple in baseball, all right? The Re- the Boston Red Sox, 
the Chicago Cubs and, and, and Chicago teams, even though they haven't won. These are markets, and these are big-time teams with big-time history. Now, I know the Mets have won, and granted, to the Mets' defense, they did come into the league in the 60s. The Yankees were already there, so of course they're going to be more established. But I've seen five World Series. I'm in my 30s. I've seen five World Series. Some of the best fucking players, Jeter, Mariano, Posada, Bernie Williams, Paul O'Neill, Tino Martinez. Okay, you know, Don Manley didn't win, but I saw him play. I saw some amazing fucking baseball. And I was lucky to see that team win five titles. Not to mention one of the greatest teams ever, the 1998 New York Yankees. So when Met fans say jealous, that's crazy. Just watching you complain and talk shit, and now you're in a game five, it's like win something first. Win something. I don't understand these people making videos and doing this and all these stuff. You want to cheer for your team? Fine. But for me to just make a post about a slide and for you to go that hard... And I get it. You guys have never been there that much before. Fine. But but to the troll thing and to the or, or to the you know people just getting so hard. It's like you go at me, you insult me. Dude, I never insulted anybody. I just said crybaby fucking Met fans are crying over this slide, and it's part of baseball. If the guy doesn't get hurt, you don't hear about it again. And the shit storm it caused. And everybody told me. My wife was like, "Why are you doing that? You know what's gonna happen." And I can't do it anymore. Unfortunately, I can't do it anymore because people either get too passionate or want to be a part of an argument or just, and I'm not doing it anymore. So I'm done. I'm done. And, you know, I don't need it. I don't fucking want it to be like that. It makes it completely not fun for me. And it's something that um, made me go, wow, I really didn't. I thought that this could be like a fun thing that we were doing here. I really did. And, and, you know, maybe that makes me a little naive because it's a playoff time and the Mets fans are all going to... But, you know, once I saw words like sad and painfully wrong and off-base and retarded and moron, and once it got to that, you bring in my friendships in there, it's just like, man, whatever, dude, I'm done. You know, you, you could have your fucking... I'll... I'll I'm just going to watch and enjoy the games. Just keep my mouth shut and realize, well, and you know what? Maybe I deserve it. That's what happens when you talk to either people that you haven't seen in a long time or strangers or whatever. So, you know, that's it. But, and yeah, and I love how, and this is one thing that I love too. Like when you're an up and coming comedian and you either open for somebody or you work with somebody that's high profile or you're friends with somebody that's high profile, like people like to fucking use that against you or like just bring it up. You know, and it's, it's such a fucking, it's such like a, a amateur stupid thing to say. It's like, you want to go at me. What does my friendship with anybody have anything to do with it? You know what I mean? It's like, I can't, you know, I think some people forget sometimes when you're friends with a guy or you work with a guy, open for a guy that that guy chose me to open. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Bill Burr saw me fucking killing and took me on the road. He's not going to have anybody open for him at, at fucking Carnegie Hall or or Madison Square Garden. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to believe in somebody. And it's very humbling and amazing that a guy like that, who's at the top of his game, you know, saw something in me and saw me coming up and saw me hungry doing what I'm doing. But, like, you know, when Eddie Murphy put up Chris Rock... You know, it would be it would be ridiculous for people to go, oh yeah, well you know he got put on because of Chris, you know he got put on because of Eddie Murphy. So Chris Rock, it's like no, that's not what happened. What happened was Eddie Murphy, who was a big star, saw something in Chris Rock and was like, man, I believe in this guy and I want this. Guy. And they're friends. 
And, like, you don't need to bring that shit up during sports arguments or anything like that. I'm very, very humbled and honored that, you know, I have a great friendship with Bill. Bill is part of my, Bill is family to me. You know what I mean? And, you know, um, one of the coolest things in my career was when Bill saw me work and had nice things to say and then contacted me and was like, dude, I'd love to work with you. And, you know, some obviously, you know, conversations we had and, and, and things about, um, you know, life and careers that I'm not going to talk about on my podcast or, or get personal with, but like, I just, you know, when people say things like, um, you know, you know, your bills got, oh, bill put you on and, and you have fucking stupid arguments. You try to have like an opposite argument in him. It's like, no, that's like the most ridiculous thing. So basically what I'm trying to say is to suggest that I would ever even use my, fr- like my friendship is my friendship, which is, is with any comedian. You know what I mean? Like, I would never fucking sit here and and say like, uh, or or t- I would never say to somebody, yeah, well, you got this because of that, or like, yeah, you're just trying to have an. So I'm trying to have an argument because youth, because you know my friend is famous and he would think something else. That's why I'm trying to do it. That doesn't make any fucking sense. It's it's so ridiculous to me. You know what I mean? It it's like, it's like first of all, Burr is a dude from fucking Boston, and he's a Red Sox Patriots fan, Celtics fan, I'm a fucking Italian Greek New Yorker who loves the Knicks, Yankees, and Giants, of course we're gonna have different views, you know, we always have different views, Burr always says, oh Paul, you're a ham and egger, dude, you love ham and eggs, right down the middle, I'm like, yeah, for fucking ham and eggs are delicious, That's like saying, oh, you're a get a blowjob and be left alone guy. Get out of here, you steak lover. Oh, you love steaks and blowjobs, don't you? You're you're too easy. Yeah, I do. I love steaks and blowjobs. I do. They're they're great. I love ham and eggs. Okay? He's a little different. He goes the other route sometimes. But when you hear me talk and it's irrelevant to Bill or any other friend, that would be like you being a fan of my friend Giannis Papas. And then all of a sudden, Giannis Papas has this thing. Okay, for example, my friend Giannis Papas, you know, he's, he's, he's rooting for the Mets right now. He's just rooting for the Mets. I'm really not. That'd be like you being a fan of him and knowing that me and Giannis go back and forth and argue and you just go, yeah, he's trying to be different. It's like, it, does, it doesn't even make sense. My friendships to anybody is fucking irrelevant. And just because you know that I happen to be friends with a guy who's, who's you know, at the top of his fucking game, don't ever fucking bring my friendships. Don't ever fucking say that shit. Anybody. Anybody listen to this, and, and if you know somebody that talks shit like that about anybody, tell them shut the fuck up. I work too fucking hard in my life and in my career, and to, to, to do everything that I've been doing, you know, to have somebody fucking, to me talk and somebody bring up a fucking friendship. If I don't bring up anybody, then keep your fucking mouth shut. I work too fucking hard for it, man. It's ridiculous. And I don't even have to justify it. It's just people fucking annoy me, and that's why I'm not talking about shit online anymore with anybody. Because I don't need somebody to bring fucking political Fox News into the argument or need somebody to fucking say, um, you know, that I'm way off base and it's really sad. It's supposed to be fucking fun, but I should have known better. I should have known better than to fucking talk to audience members. Oh, there's a shot. There's a shot at you fucking trolls. And some people were actually friends from high school, so I don't mean them. And other friends. <laughs> but the whole point of that is to say, I'm done, everybody. 
speaking of sports too, man, I um I'm really sad news about Lamar Odom. Um I I heard that and it really bothered me and I don't know why this one bothered me a lot. Really really a lot, you know, cuz I just feel that um I don't know, you know, he was never, I mean, he was never played for the Knicks, he got signed, and then they, you know, released him or whatever, but I just know that he was like a New York guy, I think I had friends that played against him, or people that I knew played against him in high school, because, you know, he was a Queens guy, but, you know, they played, people played against him, and it just was like, you know, to see the, the downward spiral that the guy had, you know, and I, I'm, really praying for the guy, man, I'm, I'm really like hoping and praying that he pulls through it, and, um, you know, I just hope that, uh, he can pull through it. I mean, I guess there's, I don't know what the hell the deal is there. He's in a, I guess a medically induced coma, I guess, or had a heart attack. And they said the next couple of days, but I'm praying for the dude and I'm just, it's just sad, man. It's like a guy like that, 35 years old, you know, so much to live for two NBA rings, 14 years in the NBA has a ton of knowledge of the game, could have coached, could have done anything, and I'm just I'm just hoping he pulls through, and some people are saying it looks bleak, I don't know, but it's just fucked up, man, so thoughts and prayers from the Verzi Effect podcast, myself to Lamar Odom and family and all that stuff, man, it sucks, it really does suck, um, all right, so enough of the negative, depressing shit, well, We'll do... Uh, oh, here's something on a positive note, everybody. On a positive note today. I'm just fucking going at people. Because people annoy me, man. The, and, the, and the older I get, I, the more annoyed I get with people. Because people suck. They do. People suck. A lot of people suck. Some people are really great. Some people just fucking stink. This is the dumbest thing I've ever fucking heard anybody say. You are so crazy and off base. No wonder why you're fucking... It's, I, I just can't... Oh, my God. And you want to disagree with me? Disagree with me. Fucking disagree with me. Just go, oh, come on, man. Come on. If that happened to your player on the Yankees, come on. Would you be pissed? You know you'd be a little pissed. Come on, Paul. At least give me that. And I'd be like, ah, you know what? I think about it. And go, ah, he's got a point. He's kind of got a point. I think he's, you know, he's saying something right here. Maybe I am being a little biased, but it is part of the game. So let me try to meet this guy halfway. That's how you sports argue. Not, yeah, well, fucking look what happened to Tawana Brawley. It's like, what? <laughs> Uh, haters, man. There's haters out there, everybody. Oh my God, there's fucking haters out there. It's crazy, and you see it more and more. Unreal. Unreal. Okay, I just forgot I was doing a podcast. I'm sitting here like looking out the window, talking to myself. Wait, like yeah, the microphone's on, Dick. There's people listening. Okay. But it's not live. On a positive note, there's a couple of places I'd like to shout out. I want to shout out the Wind Up Restaurant. Don't think I forgot, guys. I didn't forget. 
wine, amazing West Indian food. I had this like uh, jerk chicken, Jamaica. Oh, dude, I had this jerk chicken. It's in Toronto, by the way. Okay, so it's downtown Toronto called Wind Up. Okay, awesome, awesome. Just such good food. Go out there. Shout out to the chef out there, man. Oh, you go there. You ask for the chef. You tell him Paul Verzi sent you. And he's he, he and just say uh, Paul Verzi sent me, and I want to check out that jerk chicken, and he will make you jerk chicken and this coconut rice, which was unbelievable. West Indian food. They got all these amazing rum drinks and cocktails. This place is gonna blow up in Toronto. It's called Wind Up. It's the shit. I'm telling you, it is the shit. Um, I went out there with comedian Mike Ward who's from Montreal, we were at the Just for Laughs Festival, and we ate at Wind Up, and I got to tell you something, it was insane. Yeah, I I had, um, I think Mike had, Mike had like a a falafel or something, he had something like a a vegan thing, he said it was the best he's ever had, and I had, uh, like I said, I had jerk chicken, I had um, coconut rice, and we had these rum drinks that were amazing, so... I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm thinking about my meal and, like, I'm going back there. Every time I'm in Toronto, I'm going to go back there. You can get it online. Uh, online, it's winduprestaurant.ca, okay? And um, the chef, the head chef and owner is uh, Brian Birch. And uh, his brother helps him out. Cool dude, promoter out in Toronto, uh, Derek Birch. So, uh Check out Wind Up, man. If you like that West Indian flavor, um, and it's such a cool, hip place. I love the neighborhood it's in. I love the street. It's just a, it's just a great place. So check it out. Um, and also, if you are in the North Phoenix area, and you like hookah and uh, you know the hookah lounges, there is the uh, Exhale Hookah Lounge in Phoenix. Um, check them out. Um, dude, Ben runs it and it's his spot and it's doing well and it's a great place. So check out that hookah lounge in Phoenix. When I go out there, you know, I'm going to go out there. I don't know if I'm going to do the hookah thing, but I'm definitely going to smoke some sticks. So, uh, I don't know. So check that out. And, um, there you go. There you go. I have a special guest that's here with me right now. And, uh, he's going to come and talk for a little bit. So, uh, yeah, just for a bit. Come here. I want to ask you a couple questions because I'm going to do my movie review with you since I took you to a movie. This is my son, Lucas. This is the best little boy in the world. Come here. Stand here. Okay. Say hi. Hi. All right. So, yeah, I'm going to ask you some questions, okay, about the movie. So, guys, we just uh, we did the sports stuff, and um, we're now we're going to do some movie stuff and then I'm going to get into the unacceptables. Okay. So the movie that we saw this week, I took my son Lucas and my daughter Sophia to see Transylvania two. I'm sorry, hotel Transylvania two Adam Sandler's movie. And I didn't know what to expect. I didn't see the first one, but I wanted to take the kids to the movie. And uh, now Lucas, did you see the first one? Uh, yeah, I saw it a lot of times. You saw it a lot of times? Yeah. Who'd you see it with? Mommy and Sophia. Okay, and what, did you like the first one? Mm-hmm. Okay, so now let me ask you this question. Since we just went to see Hotel Transylvania 2, me, you, and Soph, because Mommy had to work or whatever, so when it was us, what did you think 
What did you think of Hotel Transylvania 2? What did you like about it? I liked I liked that the little boy wasn't he didn't he turned into a bat. Oh, you liked <laughs> the part. It was a he, funny part, remember? Yeah, you liked the part when he turned into a bat because he didn't know if he was going to be a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> and then he did, right? And then he punched the he punched the bad bats in the face. <laughs> you like that part. All right, now which movie did you like better? Did you like Hotel Transylvania 1 or 2 better? 2. Okay, cool. Now, what was your favorite part about the movie? The movie or the popcorn gummy bears Twizzlers? What was what did you like better? Movie. Oh, you see that? He is ahead of his time. And tell everybody that when you get candy at the movies, you like to have it saved throughout the whole movie, right? Yeah. Cause, cause, why? I don't want to waste it. <laughs> yeah, you don't like it to be over. You like to have candy through the whole thing, right? Yeah. All right, well, so what would you tell anybody that was thinking about taking their kids to see Hotel Transylvania 2? If they were thinking about doing it, what would you say? Go to it. Yeah! <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, thank you, Lucas. That was Lucas. That was my son. And, uh, yeah, you heard it there. We saw Hotel uh, Hotel Transylvania 2. We liked it. It had funny parts. The little kid finally turned into a vampire at the end of the movie and punched the bad bats in the face, and Lucas got a kick out of it. And I got to tell you, I enjoyed it. I was in there with uh, my son and my three-year-old daughter, and both of them did not make a peep. Like, they were locked in. They were into it. It had funny parts. It was a good story. Um, so there you go. So if you were thinking about going to a movie, you're like, I don't know, take the kids to Hotel Transylvania 2. It's a monster movie. It's Halloween time. Perfect. There you go. From the Verzi Effect podcast. You are welcome. Uh, and now it is time for unacceptables and then your guys' unacceptables. Okay. You know what you have to do because we don't have a certain, we have only a certain amount of time. Okay, see you soon. All right, buddy. All right, that was my little boy. Uh, Oh, God, I'm going to miss him when I go away. Okay, so my unacceptable was something that was brought to my attention recently. And what it is, is it is that, and I I have to make sure that I get this right, because apparently um, there was a, there's a bunch of drones that are being flown in Los Angeles by people. And they are causing problems at LAX. And um, I heard this from somebody, and I was just like, wow, man, that is really unacceptable and scary. Especially hearing that from somebody, you know, like me who flies a lot. And you're just like, man, that, you know, that that's just, I mean, there's birds. Now there's freaking drones. There's so many things that you have to worry about, and it's just ridiculous. So um, apparently an airplane was coming in for final approach at LAX, and what happened was I guess they spotted a drone, or because of a drone, the plane had to... um... Okay, no, no, here it is. I have it here. A Southwest Airlines pilot reported a drone sighting 15 feet off the ground when he was on final approach at LAX, okay? Do you understand that if a drone is that close, what can happen? 
It's just absolutely fucking unacceptable. They're saying that drug dealers are using drones now. I also heard that there were fires out in Los Angeles and rescue and emergency vehicles, helicopters, all that stuff couldn't be around, had to leave because there were just drones all over the place. Um, absolutely unacceptable. That can, that could kill people. Okay. And these drones are being allowed. It should be absolutely illegal. You know, get a, get a remote control plane and go in your backyard. What are you doing? These people with drones now and airline pilots are flying with hundreds of people on board trying to land that man-made fucking machine with all these with all this fuel on it and stuff. And again, now you got to worry about drones. It's absolutely unacceptable, man. These people have to stop and they have to stop doing it because it's it's ridiculous. And obviously, it means a lot to me because me and my friends, like, unfortunately, you know, when you're in show business, you fly a lot and you're always on an airplane. And there's enough to worry about. You got to worry about technical stuff. You got to worry about terrorists. And now, you know, you got to worry about a flock of birds going into the fucking thing. And now you got to worry about a fucking drone. Absolutely unacceptable, scary. The fact that fires couldn't be put out because drones were everywhere that could have, you know, hit these, these, you know, aircrafts or vehicles. It's just ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous and absolutely unacceptable and uh, really scary. And I wish I didn't find that out. But... You know, those people are sitting on that Southwest flight thinking, oh, yeah, we're coming in for landing. And you're like 1,500, you know, feet up there or something. And the guy spots a fucking drone. Ugh, unacceptable, man. It's got to it's gotta stop. It's got to stop. And I remember there were, like, people in New York, like, laser pointers at the pilot. And it's just, you know, oh, man, it's just scary shit and absolutely unacceptable. And I don't even know how you stop it. It's just unacceptable that they're all over there. And there's got to be a way to kind of find out or do something. I mean, you know, you could find a terrorist in a cave or fucking Bin Laden in a compound or something like that. I think you could find out who's got a remote control fucking drone. Um, that's my unacceptable because that's really, really scary. All right. Now off to uh, the emails here and let's go to your guys' unacceptables. Here we go. Your first email here is from, let's see, Eric O'Neill. And Eric O'Neill says, hey, Paul, love the show. Buying the CD next week. Can't wait, man. Well, thank you so much, um, uh, Eric. I really appreciate that. My unacceptable is this beast in the stall next to me in the bathroom at work. His ass hat is playing. This ass hat is playing music on his phone when I'm trying to not... uh, (laughs) <laughs> that's funny when I'm trying to not be working and <laughs> enjoy dropping a deuce. It's taking everything in me not to give this shit sipper <laughs> a swirly. Unfucking acceptable. Uh, thank you, Eric. And uh, I hear you. Um, those, uh, yeah, I mean, listening to music in the bathroom is. Uh, it's just one of those things I just don't understand people. I mean, why would you, I mean, it's a public bathroom and other people don't want to hear your music. It, it It's, uh, all right, whatever. Here we go. This one is from Matthew DeLuna. Dear Paul, I've got an unacceptable for you, Paul, and it involves one of my favorite foods in the world, pizza. The other morning, I went, I mean, pizza's epic. The other morning, I went to 7-Eleven. Uh, that's not that far from my office to get something to drink. 
in line in front of me are four landscapers in full uniform and a lady. The four landscapers order four slices of pizza and a couple of packs uh, pack of cigarettes. Uh, as the first 7-Eleven employee is getting their pizza slices ready, the cunt in front of me tells the second 7-Eleven employee that she needs a whole pizza to go. The nasty-looking pizza in the heat tray... Uh, is a whole pizza and tells the worker that she wants that one, even though the guys in front of her already ordered and paid for four pizza slices that will come from that whole pizza. Wow, that's a dick move. The employee tells her that she will have to wait five minutes for a new pizza to be baked, and this lady flips out. She says that she doesn't have time to wait for a new pizza, that she's going to be late for work. Why can't she have a pizza that's already made, blah, 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 blah. The bottom, uh, the line behind me is getting longer and anger, uh, and angrier at this cunt. So the 7-Eleven workers caved in and gave her the whole pizza, forcing the four landscapers to work five minutes for a new pizza, even though they were ahead of her. Not only that, but this cunt has the audacity to bitch and complain that 7-Eleven doesn't have utensils, plates, napkins, uh, and red pepper Parmesan cheese packets to go with her pizza. You're getting pizza from 7-Eleven, you dumb bitch. Not a sit-down Italian restaurant. I'm from L.A., and me and my wife will be going to your New Year's Eve show with Burr, Lawhead, and Bartnick. Can't wait to see you guys in action because I saw you for uh, in Vegas last year at the Improv in Harris uh, for the All-In Comedy Tour on my birthday. Thanks for the free funny, Paul, and keep up the good work. You know what, Matthew? I like you. I just, there's something about this unacceptable that you just get it. You just get it, dude. I, I love it. You're 100% right with everything that you said. Um, and I get it, man. It's like, but you know something that's, uh, that reminds me, uh, yeah, of what's it called? Um, yeah, there's, there's nothing that would please this woman. She needs it her way. She is absolutely a cunt. She she needs to have the um you know, the pizza, the whole pizza. Even though the four landscapers ordered four slices, she doesn't care because there's a whole pizza there. That's the one she wants. Then she finally gets her way. Oh, but there's no utensils, plates, and napkins. It's like go to work. If you're if you're late for work, doesn't your work have napkins and utensils and stuff like that? And you're absolutely right. You literally said exactly what I would say. You're getting pizza from Seven Eleven. It's awful. It's awful. Thank you for the submission. That was awesome. That was actually a satisfying one. Next one here, Mike Kelly. Hi, Paul. Coming from Boston, and here's my unacceptable. Coming here from Boston, here's my unacceptable. I left work the other day. Um, I left work the other day around 5.15 while walking through the city, and I see a girl who looked like she was in her 20s sitting on the sidewalk. Okay. Uh, okay. She was uh, well put together, clean, well dressed, had nice hair, and was texting on her iPhone. Jesus, Mike, you're like an investigator. You just you, you got it all. You're like, eh, she smelled good. She was wearing nice uh, French perfume. I like. All right. Uh, she was texting on her iPhone. I also noticed she had a large leather bag with uh, her with a scarf, a purse, and a water bottle hanging out of it. Dude, are you a detective? Next to the bag, she had a piece of cardboard with writing on it that said, trying desperately to make rent. Now, I know some people have been given an unfortunate hand in life, 
and end up in shitty situations sometimes leaving them on the streets. That sucks and sometimes they need help, especially our veterans. I agree. But this girl was just being a lazy fuck. There is no reason a good-looking white girl should be sitting on her ass at 5.15 in the afternoon on her goddamn iPhone telling people she's desperately trying to make rent. If she was desperately trying to make rent, she would get her ass up off the ground and get a goddamn job like the rest of us. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag get a fucking job. Um, sorry for the length and congrats on all this. You know what, man? Um, yeah, that's ridiculous. And that's like a, she's just like using maybe her looks or whatever she's got. That's ridiculous. I don't even know uh, what to do. So uh, what's going on? What's the update on the um, on the room? Is it good? All right, go finish hers. You can get another cookie. Go finish hers. We're almost done here, buddy. All right, don't growl at me. <laughs> All right, here we go. Next one here is from Jessica Russell. Hey, Paul, love the show. I'm about to ruin your day. Unacceptable is this crusty old fuck on the streetcar this morning. Uh, you know that stench caused by McDonald's wafting through the air in a confined space? That's how my morning started. I scouted the car to verify the culprit. Uh, and, of course, it was this uh, bag of shit eating a full-blown breakfast while we're in transit. Bad, it gets worse. After this fucker, <laughs> fucker was uh, done, he got up and walked over to the streetcar window and with not an ounce of shame threw all the garbage while we're driving down the fucking street. So now everyone, including myself, is looking at him like he just shot a load on the, on their new sofa. <laughs> Finally, uh, uh, packets he obviously requested. Uh, he obviously requested. I'm sorry. Yeah. Finally, the encore. This sweaty, fat sack of... <laughs> Jesus, untamable shit returns to his seat for dessert. Uh, oh my God, which sucking ketchup out of the extra ketchup packets he obviously requested. Lock this Ronald McDonald fucker in a cage. Unacceptable. Ruined my day. P.S. You were fantastic. Surprise at Bilber's JFL show in Toronto. Made my night. Well, thank you very much, uh, Jessica. Yeah, I did not know I was going to be on that show. And um, again, last minute. Or whatever, Burr was like, hey, man, if it doesn't conflict with the schedule, you want to open for me at the Sony Center? And we had a great time. So that's, uh, yeah, and somebody will use that against me, too. Yeah, I did. I went, I, I performed there, and they'll they'll use that. That Burr asked me to do that. Fucking assholes. Uh, thank you, Jessica. I uh, appreciate uh, I appreciate the kind words and uh, your submissions. Hilarious. Here we go. This is from Adam... Uh, Abdallah? Abdallah. I think so. Adam Abdallah. Oh, yeah, Pittsburgh. What's up, dude? I remember you. I remember you, buddy. Adam. All right. Hey, Paul. Was driving across PA to attend my sister's wedding with my five-year-old daughter. Uh, as you know, being a father, when kids got to go, you need to find the nearest rest stop on the turnpike. Luckily, there was one a couple of miles away. Since it was only my daughter and I traveling alone, we go to use a family restroom. It was, uh, it was in use when we get there. So we wait patiently and wait and wait. My daughter now is getting to the point she can't hold it much longer and keeps asking why we are waiting so long. 
All of a sudden, we hear the door unlock and out comes one single person. Worst part of this, it was one lady in her 30s um, that is an employee at the rest stop. I look at her dead in her eyes and say, this shit is ridiculous. You know there is a ladies room, right? As she walks away, she puts her head down and says, sorry. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Adam. Uh Hope to catch up with you in Pittsburgh. I need to purchase a hard copy of the album. If you guys would like to join me again for a stick, let me know. I'll grab a few. We always like a stick. Um, Great submission. And you know something, dude? She knew she was wrong. I'll give her a pass just saying that she, poor thing, works at a rest stop. Probably just wanted to take a shit in peace. Um... But she did apologize, and you were absolutely right. Your little girl comes first. Great submission. Thank you. Um, okay, this is from um, Willio Music. And I believe that that is Morgan, I believe. Um, what's up? Paul, unacceptable. Check out this article. Brooklyn firefighter beat up a homeless man at Annie's... Uh, at Anna's Taquaria. Taquaria, yeah. For taking too long to order. Oh, the, bar- the, the, oh man, the burrito place. Yes. Uh, I was friends with him in high school. He was always cool uh, to my friends and me. But what? Unacceptable for so many reasons. Oh, well, so let's see here. A Brookline firefighter charged with beating man over slow food order. Well, here's the thing. The guy was hungry. No, I'm kidding. That's really ridiculous. And, uh, I never even see, yeah, charged with assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, allegedly kicking the customer who he believed was homeless. Wow. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's definitely unacceptable. Uh, who knows what that guy's going through, but that is not good. Uh, uh, yeah, at all. All right, here we go. Next one. This is from Joe Smackle. Um, Paul, just this past weekend, my girlfriend and I decided to spend our sunny, sunny after, our sunny Sunday afternoon apple picking. Uh, I knew this would be a ton of fun because as a kid, I had great experiences with my family going apple picking. My girlfriend, on the other hand, had never gone, so I was excited to bring her for the first time. We searched for the nearest farm and drive 30 minutes out uh, to the place. Uh, when we get there... There is an absolute clusterfuck of cars scrambling for parking. The stampede of absolute animals crossing the street from the parking lot to the farm did not allow access to the cars trying to get into the lot. This mindless herd of cattle deserved to be caged and slaughtered. At this point, my girlfriend and I mildly annoyed, but we were still excited to go apple picking. After plowing through the unrelenting pile of animals, we finally make our way over to the entrance of the farm. We were um, greeted by a worker of the orchard who then explained to us that across into the orchard was uh to us that access into the orchard was 15 per person confused i asked if this um if this covered the price of the apples that we were planning to pick and she answered with a blunt no Without another word, I took my girlfriend's hand and walked through the uh, herd back to the car to find another farm. Paul, what kind of fucking animals are scamming people of a fun family activity? Lock them in cages, but first charge them 15 for the cage. Unacceptable. Um, 
Sam. Okay. Um, yeah, dude, that's that seems pretty steep. I don't like doing it. Uh, I have apples in my backyard, and I didn't know if it was going to be like a good apple tree, but it's fine. And I love doing that more than going. I mean, sometimes you want to go and go to all these apples and take the kids and stuff, but like it's just a clusterfuck. Too many people doing it. And the same thing with pumpkins and stuff. I like to go to small little, like we have this small little farm near us or place that gets them and it's like smaller and better. I like doing that. I just like being away from people more and more. So I hear you. And that is unacceptable and such a ripoff. Uh, Okay, two more. This is from, it looks like Troy. uh, I don't know, LA Police? I, I don't know. All right, here we go. Hi, Paul. Love the show. I live in a college town and attend many of their football and hockey games. Recently at a hockey game, I was sitting in the area of the arena directly adjacent to the student section with a bunch of my friends. A student who had clearly been drinking heavily could no longer keep himself standing up in the student section, so he and friends moved two rows in front of us so he could uh, sit down. The drunken kid proceeded to spend two and a half periods out cold, leaning on his buddy's shoulder. Midway through the third period, things started getting interesting. The drunken guy stands up and is swaying back and forth like a pine tree in a windstorm. (laughs) I've seen that before. He has the thousand-yard stare and is facing to the left away from his buddy's view. He begins to fumble with uh, the front of his shorts and I look he begins to fumble with the front of his shorts and I look over oh boy at his friends like no there's no way his friend sits him down in the seat only for him to stand up about five minutes later once again he begins to fumble with his shorts shielding uh, his friend's view suddenly a golden shower starts to spray out all over the floor and the empty seats in front of him. Horrified onlookers desperately try to get his friends to realize what he, what's going on, but by the time they figured it out, the damage was done. He had begun to relieve himself. Uh, half, oh my God, of the packed student section let out a collective, oh, and pointed at what uh, was happening. Oh my God. The sober friends turned around and asked us, five high school kids, what uh, what they should do. When we told him we have no idea, one of the drunk kid's friends proceeded to complain about having urine on his hand and then quickly ushered his intoxicated friend out of the game before security showed up. A cleaning crew came by a few minutes later and they didn't even spray the seats. All they did was dry them off with a rag. Unacceptable, Paul. Lock him in a cage with a urinal. Oh, my God, maybe he'll learn to use it. Sorry for the length, but had to share Troy. Well, thank you, Troy. That is a definite unacceptable. I mean, that's like, I seen a guy one time, we were in the highest, I got, we had tickets. I'm a Giants fan, but uh, my wife's family got tickets uh, because they're from Boston, and they got tickets to Jets Patriots, and they asked me if I'd go, and we went, and we were sitting in the highest level, and this dude was laying down, face down on the pavement, on the highest level in the back of the, on, on the, like, so it was basically as high up as you could go by the goalposts. This was years ago, and I never forget. I looked, and this guy's body was just like jolting and pulsating, and every time it did puke would come out. It was absolutely brutal. 
All right, this is the last one here. Hey, Paul, this is from Nick. Hey, Paul, driving in a 45-mile-an-hour zone when suddenly... Oh, actually, I have something else I have to read, too. When suddenly a sweaty beast of a man begins ascending into the street. I slow down. Uh, I slow down and eventually stop to where this animal begins shouting, Go, go. You, uh, you weren't going to stop. No shit, you fucking blob. Use a crosswalk or wait until it's clear before holding up traffic to make your way across the street. P.S. If you want some great deep dish pizza, Luminati's. Lou Malnatis, Luminatis in Chicago, if you get the chance, by far the best we have to offer. All right, well, I'll be there tomorrow, so we'll see what happens. But thank you guys all for those unacceptables. And uh, I don't know what we have here on Twitter. I can see. Uh, here we go from Gary L. At Gary333, Blue Jays fans that doesn't know the rules and throws beer that hits Kids in the stands, uh, friggin' unacceptable. Cage them up. Yeah, I heard about that. Thank you for the submission. That is crazy. Okay, let's see here. Um, Matt Swanson at Matt Swanson's. Blue Jay fans throwing beer cans at upper deck and hitting kids at lower. Unacceptable. Poutine munching animals. Poutine eat munching animals. Uh, poutine is good though. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Anthony, uh, Tolerado at Tolerado 31. That's T-A-L-L-A-R-I-D-O 31. And he's got a bunch of bikers in front of him blocking the way. There you go. Picture. He's in a car, a group of bikers in front blocking the way. They don't care, Anthony. You know that. Um, this one, uh, all right. So that's going to be it. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Uh, J.W. Plainview at Survived by Rats. I'm sorry. Uh, he put a picture of, um, oh, my God, yeah, what happened to him? Randy Quaid, this big Santa Claus um, beard and hair and all that stuff. Oh, man, that's brutal. Uh, what happened to that guy, man? And uh, Sawyer Bart uh, Barter. Uh, this lady in Houston is wearing custom fit trash bags to Planet Fitness. Absolute savage animal. And it's literally a lady in like a shiny suit. Looks like she's in a 1990-something P. Diddy video while she's on the treadmill. She's trying to lose that weight fast. Um, I believe that's it, guys. But there was something that I wanted to read that I thought was pretty amazing. Um, and if I didn't get to your unacceptable, please send them to Twitter. And uh, the email you could send them to is unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. But I had something that kind of touched me this week and, um, uh, you know, wrote and the person wanted me to share it. I, you know, I'm just going to leave out the name at request, but, um, this is what he said. And, um, this was a pretty, uh, pretty amazing thing to, uh, to hear for somebody to get. So, um, this is from Kyle, uh, this is from, uh, Kyle. And um, and he says, uh, hey, Paul, you can put this on TVE if you want. Um, please leave out. Okay, so um, it says that uh, I am a 27-year-old male who suffers from severe clinical depression and sometimes suicidal thoughts. I uh, see a therapist 
and he helps me with my issues, but I just wanted to let you know that listening to TVE and watching your stand-up when I'm feeling down does more than you will ever know. I understand that uh, you do what you do to make people laugh uh, and support your family, but it also does wonders to help me fight my depression. I just wanted you to know this because you are more than a comedian. Uh, that old saying, laughter is the best medicine, is very true, and I thank you for getting me through hard times. Can't wait to see you in Chicago. Well, you know what, man, uh, Kyle, it's letters like that and uh, things like that that just validate um, validate it, man. And I really appreciate it. And, you know, um, it, it means a world to me that listening to my show and, and my stand-up and, um, you know, anything that I do and any of my silly rants or, you know, stuff that I do is giving you any kind of... Um, you know, I guess feeling of, you know, relief or, or, you know, um, helping you in any way. And, uh, it means a lot to me. And, um, that's one of the greatest things, any letter that I've ever gotten, you know? So, um, it, it's, it's amazing because we all go through it, man. I've been in real dark places too. And, uh, I remember years and years ago, I was in the darkest place and never thought I'd come out of it. I was in my early twenties and things were, I was like 20 maybe, 19, 20, 21, I think it was around 20 and it was really bad and, you know, things just get better and you just have to know that there is light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, there's help out there, it's good that you're getting help, you know, medication is something that I would definitely recommend talking to somebody, anybody who says don't do it, you don't need to do it, they don't know shit and they haven't even been in that dark place, alright brother, so just you make sure that you get the help you need. You know, but the nice thing was when I was down, I wanted help and I went to a therapist and that's the thing. You got to want it. You got to want help and you got to want to not feel like that anymore instead of just sitting it. Some people just revel in their misery and they sit in it and they deal with it and don't do that, man. It's, you know, this life could be really fun and there's a lot of things out there that you could do and enjoy and um, don't be a prisoner to it. So get help and all that stuff and I'm, I'm glad I can give you anything that the show can give you and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, meeting with you and talking to you in Chicago too, man. So that's awesome. And uh, thank you for the support. And thank all of you guys for the support. Um, as you guys know, the uh, album got to number four on Billboard. Uh, it's been out for a while now. It's uh, Soon it'll be a month old. Um, I'm still in the top ten. I actually think I'm number ten still on Billboard. Um, but the hard copies uh, were ordered. The hard copies will be here in, I believe, six days, six or seven days. I will actually have the hard copies um, that I'm selling on the website and all that stuff. So you could get that. And, um, yeah, so, um, thank you for the support. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Thank you for all the submissions. Um, we talked about the sports, big game seven for the Mets tonight. See what happens. I'm rooting for Don Mattingly and the Dodgers. What else? The Knicks, uh, I heard Przingis got hurt. I don't even want to hear that. I hope he's ready for the beginning, but that's annoying. New York football giants, everybody three and two should be four and one. Maybe even five and zero, oh, but they look good. Uh, defense needs to, you know, pick it up a little bit. But I think the, I, I like I like their uh, chances this Monday night against the Eagles. As my little boy told you, Hotel Transylvania. I said it too. Go see that. And plugs. Uh, what can I say? Tomorrow the Four Horsemen get together. We will be going on a tour of the uh, Midwest, Ohio, Indianapolis. I mean Indiana. Uh, Illinois, Michigan, the whole deal. So check it out. Check my website for dates. 
And that's it. Uh, this has been the Verzi Effect Podcast, episode 229. I will no longer be arguing with strangers about sports. That's it, everybody. Until episode 230, I'm out of here. Take care.